1: Good morning, you're with Karen accentuating the positive. And someone that found some meaning through a huge life change is with me in the studio, Dave Byron, whose daughter Chloe perished in the Bali bombings. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. It's been 13 years since the bombings and I was at the memorial the other day at Koojee, the, the most exquisite sculpture there to commemorate the people that lost their lives or left the planet let me say left the planet because when you speak to people on the other side they'll never tell you they lost any life they just left their body He was asked to speak the other day along with the council members and politicians and police forces and he stood up uh, at the podium and I love this, I just love this, I love unrehearsed speeches and he stands up at the microphone and says, I've no idea what I'm going to say, they asked me to speak but I thought I'd uh, stand up and um, and say a few words but I have no idea what I'm going to (laughs) say and I just thought I'm liking this speech already. (laughs) You didn't prepare Dave.
0: No, no point. Straight from the heart.
1: Yeah, straight from the heart. Well, that's how I do this show. I never prepare anything. I just want to speak. I want people to speak straight from the heart. So this is what he said. He said... There's not a day that goes by. Do you want to say what you said? Maybe in your words. I can't remember what I said. Okay, well, I'll (laughs) tell you what you said. He's having a coughing fit here. He said, not a day goes by that I don't think of Chloe. But he said, I've got a decision to make every morning when I wake up. He said, I could think of the tragedy. I could think of what happened. And that'll give me a a terrible day. Or a shit day. (laughs) Yeah, I'll
0: I'll be tripping over my jaw all day.
1: Yeah. Or I could choose a different thought. I could choose a happy thought. And there are so many happy memories I have of Chloe. And so in the morning I've got a decision. I could choose a happy thought or I could choose to think about the tragedy and it'll be the difference between a good day and a bad day. So most of the time I want to choose a happy thought and a happy memory. And then you went into a great memory that you had with Chloe in Hawaii. So how did you come to this understanding? Because most people like to wallow in their misery. And I just thought, now here's a man who has... He's got the meaning to life. You've got it in a nutshell.
0: Ooh, <laughs> um, I suppose it came through so much of that wallowing and uh, yeah, and seeing so much, uh, so many people going backwards. Really, um, I was one of them. I was, you know, I, I had nowhere to go. I blamed everybody and everything, and yep. everything was dark. And there yep. was no, there was no light in my life, and my daughter wouldn't want that. No, I knew that. I know Chloe. Chloe's nickname was Cloning down the beach because um, she was my clone and I had to think of what she would want and she wouldn't I wouldn't want that for her yeah. so if I wouldn't want that for her she wouldn't want that for me.
1: Exactly. Exactly. <coughs> she was your clone. Yeah she is. She, she looked a lot, a lot like you didn't she? Yeah. Yeah. Clony. I love that. <laughs> That's fantastic. There's a memorial of Chloe down at Bondi Beach. Who painted that? It's on the wall there.
0: Yeah a fella called Steve Zergo. Steve's nickname is Droogie. Yeah. Um, he's a lovely guy. I, I, I met him uh, a couple of weeks after, well, probably a month after Bali. I, I was just down the beach one day and I thought, you know what, I was in my a little photo, a little painting of Chloe needle, you know, on, on, on this wall where we used to surf at Third Ramp. So I contacted the, the council and the council put me on to the, the, their services, the, the youth services, and I went around to see the youth services and I asked this chap, I said, excuse me, mate, I'm looking for someone who can put, do a painting on a wall that a Bondi I've got permission for. And he looked at me, and he said, "I don't know you," he said, "but I had a dream, and in a dream I was asked to paint Chloe's portrait. Are you Chloe's dad?" Oh wow! And I couldn't believe it. And I went, "Yes, I am." And he said, "I've got it. I've got this." And I just wanted a little, a little. Painting of Chloe, you know. Yeah. And I, I told him what I wanted. and He said, "No, no, we're not having that. We're going to have this." He said, "I've already approached the council. I got a whole big, big slab of wall, two two slabs of wall. I'm going to do, do something really nice for you." And that's how it started.
1: Wow, that's amazing. And so she's doing her work yeah. from the other side. And, and if
0: you look at Chloe's she portrait, there's there's six dolphins in the portrait, mm-hmm. and that that's to signify the six Coogee dolphins that passed away. Um, there's 18 doves, and that signifies the 18 people from New South Wales that passed away.
1: Oh, okay. Um, I see. The dolphins, <coughs> as in not the dolphins, the animals, but the dolphins, the uh, swimmers.
0: No, no. The do- there's, there's dolphins swimming around, Chloe, in, in yeah. the portrait, yeah. and they signify the six Coogee dolphins. So there were six Coogee Dolphins, so six 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 boys that played for the Coogee Dolphins.
1: Oh, okay, so they were boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah they yeah. weren't dolphins. That's no, what I'm yeah. thinking. Well, now, how did the dolphins die in the bombing? That's what I was
0: thinking. Yeah, <laughs> okay. six, the, the football six club dolphins. Six yeah.
1: right. Okay, the six dolphins. Right. I say, well, do you want to just run, I won't go much into it, but just run through <clears> what happened on the day of, you know, 13 years ago. Yeah,
0: pretty <laughs> easy. you think of it every day. It was Ashley, Ashley's birthday and... Ashley uh, is. Ashley Early. Um She was, uh, her, mum, her mum died there. Right. And um, it, was, it was Ashley's birthday and were the parents, Ash- Ashley's mum and a few of the other mums that were there with their kids, they were taking, they're going out for dinner and they asked, asked us if Chloe could come with them. because of, of course you can. You, you know, they all go to school together, they're all, all, all good friends. Then we were asked by one of the mums if, uh, if it was okay, if Chloe was allowed to go to the Sari nightclub. They were, they were going to go to the Surrey nightclub to have a dance on the famous nightclub dance floor. Mm-hmm. And um, they said, look, we'll make sure there's no alcohol for the kids, of course, you know, they're all 15. Um, it's just to have a dance so they can go back to school. They all went to the same school so they can go back to school and uh, tell everyone they had a dance on this famous nightclub. And uh, it's the first time we've ever let Chloe out without us, my wife and I, so we followed and uh, we had dinner across the road from where they were having dinner. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the kids at a big table and we could see how much fun they were all having. It was just terrific. And then I yelled out, I yelled out uh, one word to Chloe and this is the last word I ever said to her. I stood in the middle of the road and yelled out... <laughs> Wahini, which is Hawaiian for beach girl, if you like. Mm-hmm. And then she looked up and all the kids looked up and then she put her head down and everyone was laughing and waving. It was just wonderful, you know. And then I went back to the table with, with Toot and uh, we we're having dinner and I said, come on, let's get out of this hotel, this this club and, and just, just uh, watch from the bleachers, if you like. And she said, no, we can't do that. We have to let Chloe go out. She's with Pete, she's with everybody. It's, it's all good. She won't be drinking. No, there'll be no alcohol. We'll see her when she gets home. And she was right. We had to let her go on her own. So, so we went back to our unit and they went out. And uh, they were only there for a couple of minutes when, when the bomb went
1: off. Right. So it was only a couple of minutes. Yeah. Well, but we're going to find out a little bit more about what happened after that so stay tuned, I'm talking with Dave and Byron whose daughter Chloe perished in the Bali bombings which was 13 years ago the other day. So stay tuned, we're gonna come back and have more of a chat. You're listening to FM 99.3. The Holly's there, long, cool woman, (laughs) cool, long, cool woman. That's a request from Dave. That's one of your (laughs) requests, Dave. Indeed. Thanks for that. (laughs) You're with Karen, accentuating the positive here on FM 99.3. And my guest today in the studio is Dave Byron, who lost Chloe 13 years ago in the Bali bombings. And we've been talking all about the incidents and his fantastic attitude to life. He said that the misery made him think better because he couldn't stand the misery anymore, which is exactly what misery does. It's like what do you want to be? You want to be miserable? You want to have a good life or a bad life? It's our choice. And he learned a powerful lesson through that misery. And so we were talking about the incident itself. We're just going to finish a little bit about the incident. And then Joe, I'll get to your question. We've had people ringing up with questions. So you said that they went out with some friends and she was 15 and she went to dance on the dance floor. She'd been there five minutes. You went back to the apartment and the bomb went off. What happened after that?
0: Well, my wife and I were, were in bed, you know, almost asleep and the phone rang and I picked the phone up and it was, it was about 10 to midnight. Mm-hmm. My first thought was, oh, hello, this will, be, this will be trouble. Someone's been in trouble. Someone's drunk somewhere. And and then when I answered the phone, it was Ashley. And she went, Dave, Dave, is Chloe there? And I said, no, darling, Chloe's with you. She went, no, she's not. And I said, well, what do you mean, no, she's not? What's going on? Where are you? And she told me she was at her uncle's hotel, the Hard Rock. And she said, I'm at the Hard Rock Hotel at... Uh, Uncle Jeff's. There's been a bomb, an explosion. Candace and I got out the window, the toilet window, and I can't find anybody. And I was hoping Chloe was there. And then she started screaming, and that's when we uh, basically got into motion, my wife and I. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. And got down to the, the bomb site as uh, well, the bomb site, near <laughs> yeah, the bomb site, as, as as quick as possible. That was pretty easy. We just we grabbed two young blokes out the front of our hotel and. Uh, I pretty much made them, put us on the back of their motorcycles and drive us down down the road. And the closer we got to the, to the, to the site, the, the more, the, you know, the more disastrous it, it started to fan out to be, you know.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: the, uh-huh. Yeah, that was, uh, that's how we got to there.
1: I bet it was a, yeah, it was a hot mess when you got there.
0: It was, it was movie time. It was like, it was something out of a, out of a Hollywood a movie. A disaster movie. It was just a disaster yeah. movie. It was yeah. just flames, like you wouldn't believe the size of them, all the colour. This, this, and it was just the people and screaming and these poor guys, uh, supposed firemen, and it was it's a third world country, and it's. uh it
1: was, Let me ask uh, you: Did it stop you going back to Bali? Have you been back? Oh since?
0: yeah, of course it did. Yeah. Yeah, it stopped us hundred percent. We didn't yeah. go back for ten years.
1: But you have been back since. Now we have. There you have it. We've ten got... years later, I have to say when <laughs> I, when you hear all this stuff on the news, uh, you know I say to myself, God, I'm never going to Bali. I'm never going to Bali, but. I'm going to say Bali is such an amazing place, and dreadful things happen there, but amazing things happen there too. So,
0: yeah, we were, we were forced to by our son. Because he came to us a couple of years ago and said, oh, "I'm going to Bali for a holiday," because and he's been because Jared's been back a few times on surfing trips and football trips and what have right, you. Okay. And he said, "We're well, going to Bali," and I'm taking, uh, I'm taking the kids and and Ray, his wife, and, and Toon to and I just said, "Oh no, you can't do that. You can't take our grandchildren. You, know, you leave them here and you two guys go. We'll babysit." And he said, "No, this is what I'm doing. I'm taking my children. If you guys want to come, by all means come, but this is what I'm doing." And then he walked out, and my wife put the and said, "We can't let him take our grandchildren." We just went into protective mode. We couldn't bear that thought. So we had to go. He forced us to go. So we went to Bali. And when we got off the plane, we realised how much had changed in 10 years. Everything had changed. Oh, yeah. We recognised nothing. Yeah. The only thing we recognised was little Marday, who on the night of the bombing, he was our driver on the night of the bombing and for four days later. He didn't sleep for four days, this little kid. He was 18 then. He drove Jared around. He just helped us look. He looked through body bags before we did, looking for Chloe because he, he loved Chloe and yeah. uh, he did so much for us that so we couldn't do for him and we hadn't seen him in 10 years and there he was at the airport waiting for us and oh, uh, it was just lovely. Oh, that's so nice. And we got to do foreign aid without foreign aid because when we got into his truck, there was a little sign on the truck and I said, oh, what's the, tr- what's the sign on the money? He says, oh, I saw my truck, Mr. Mister David. I said, oh, are you going to get a new one? He said, oh, no, I can't afford it anymore. The bank takes all the money. He said, I can't afford it. I can't even feed my family anymore. So I looked at my wife, and she just said, "Whatever you do, I will support you a a million percent." Uh-huh. Cut a long story short. And it is a long story. I went to the bank and paid his his debt to the bank, oh. so that he had a he had a, a van and a motor a motorbike that he could earn money from to look after his family. Oh. So we got to do foreign aid without without foreign aid. Oh, that's certain. such a great story. Well, we we we, we were given that opportunity. Oh, we believe that that was a God that was a God gift for us. To, that yeah. We were allowed to do that.
1: Well, you're definitely guided, aren't you?
0: <coughs> oh yeah. I'm to,
1: I'm... Look, I have to get back to. Uh, Joe called in with a question. We were talking about Chloe's being immortalised on the wall there at, at Bondi, and uh, you were telling us the council guy had a dream, and, and in the dream he said they have to put a picture up of Chloe. I love that. You know, Chloe's working from the mm. other side, and there's this massive picture which I put all over Facebook today on the um, on the FM ninety nine page too, as well as my page. And Joe wants to know, what's the angel with the heart in his hand on the mural in Bondi represent?
0: That's Marcel Mitzon. Marcel was a local Bondi guy. He was an absolute lovely bloke. He was one of the nicest guys in Bondi. Um, he, and Chloe loved him to death. Absolutely. Everyone did. Everyone just loved Marcel. He was the nicest person ever. And if, there's, if this makes any sense, I'm glad Chloe didn't have to see Marcel Committed suicide. No one knew about his depression, and one, one morning, not, not too long after the after the bombing, he he paddled out at Bondi, filled his sweatsuit full of rocks, and jumped off his board. Wow! And um, and, and uh, the artist uh,
1: put Marcel uh, uh, there. S- s-
0: asked me, he said, "Do you mind yeah. if I put Marcel?" I said, "Might be honoured if you'd put Marcel on there." So that's Marcel. He's on his, in his, on, his on his board. There's two Ms because that's his name, Marcel Mitton, yeah. and he's, he's there with Chloe. Because
1: a friend of our, mine and I were down there the other day looking at the mural because I was telling her that you were coming on the show and then she said, I've got to take you down to see the mural. And I've walked past it many times, but I didn't really know yep. wh- what it was. So, and, and we were looking at the MMs and she's saying, what does MM stand for? I said, oh, I don't know. <laughs> That's it, Marcel Mitton. There you go, Marcel Mitton. You know, that mural, it's been there for 13 years and uh, my friend Habiba is a Bondi local and she says that the paintings come and go on that wall but that one never changes. It stays there the whole time. And you said that the big storm, do you want to tell us about the storm?
0: Yeah, there was a, there was a giant storm in Sydney and basically all the sand from the beach finished up on the, on the promenade. Uh, it was a massive storm. It was good to look at because it was just, you know, nature in its rawness. Yeah. And all the sand was up on the promenade, which and it was up from the from the footpath up to the driveway. It was just incredible. And then some, one of the guys down the beach ran me up and said, quick, Dave, come down the beach, look at this, look at this. I went down the beach, had a look, and went from where the sand used to be on the beach, you look at the promenade, just nothing but sand. And then right in the middle is Chloe's, Chloe's portrait, and there was no sand on it. It was just the only thing on the beach you could you could see. It was just completely uncovered, and he said, "See, even God wouldn't cover her up."
1: <laughs> so Chloe was a keen surfer, was she? Oh yeah. So she's like the angel of Bondi, looking after all the surfers. <laughs> her and Marcel. Oh, she
0: was a she was a, That's right. She used to surf with M- Marcel and I, of course. She, yeah. she, she didn't go into water without me. I wouldn't let her. And and Marcel looked after her as well. And he was one of the best surfers in Bondi.
1: You know, uh, she's known as the girl with the frangipanis in her hair. Let me ask you another question. When you went back to Bali with the protest but your son made you go, good on your son, did you find that healing to go back? I mean because I, I, when you think when something terrible happens in a place, you know, you think of the place as the bad thing and, I mean, something like that was horrific. So going back ten years later, was that a healing experience for you?
0: It was in some degrees in that we could help a few people. Um, yeah. I got to go back to the, to the bomb site um, yep. okay. or, or the memorial.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, my wife couldn't actually do that, but I yeah, but I could and I, I found it, uh, I made sure, I, I stood there and I made sure they read all the names. I didn't just give it a cursory glance. I made sure they read the 202 names on the, on the memorial. I made sure they read them all. And that sort of, uh, I don't know if that lightened my load at all, but made me feel
1: better. Yeah. Yeah, so it was healing for you. Yeah, but I'd say. Yeah, yeah. And did you enjoy barley when you yes, were Yes, we did,
0: yeah. And and we've been back every year ever since. There you go. Yeah. So, you know, we've now been back three times. We're going, we're going to go again next year with our, with our grandchildren and yeah.
1: so. Yeah, I remember once uh, years ago when I was living in a house in Coogee, something awful happened and um, had fights with people and I think I was getting divorced at the time and, you know, it was just a yucky time and I remember every time I went to Coogee, I used to think I hate Kuji because this horrible thing happened, you know, mm-hmm. and then one day I was driving through Coogee thinking, God, I shouldn't take it out on Coogee, <laughs> 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 Koochie has nothing to do with the crap that goes on in my life and I had to make peace with Koochie and then years later I find myself living there again. Yep. So, so it's nice to, that you've had that healing You're listening to Karen Swain on Accentuate the Positive here on FM 99.3. My guest today in the studio is David Byron. He's come in to chat to us. I met him the other day at the memorial for the Bali bombs, which happened 13 years ago. There were bombs after that too, weren't there?
0: Yeah, two years later, there was another bombing at a beach.
1: Dave said that through his pain, losing his daughter, Chloe, at 15, he had to find better thinking and that's exactly what he does. He says it's a decision every day to think a sad thought or to think a happy thought and happy thought feels a lot better a whole lot better we're going to come back and have more of a chat with dave after this I've got Dave Byron in the studio with me. We're talking about, well, actually, what we're talking about, we're talking about finding a better place, really. When I saw you speak the other day, you stood up and said, it's a choice between a happy thought and a negative thought every day. And you said you arrived at that conclusion because you just couldn't stand feeling sad anymore.
0: No, I was tired of tripping over my own jaw. And um, that's what happens to us, so... I figured you have to make a decision how your life's going to be. You can either live it chipping over your jaw or you can pick your jaw up and, and pretty much get on with you know, what we have, which is life. And if you're going to get on with life, you, gee whiz, you might as well make it good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's all I do now. I live life to, as, to, to, to its fullest and as much as I can and with as many good thoughts as I can. Yes, I do start each morning in not a real good place because my first thought when I wake up is my daughter which is closely followed by the Barley bombing and all that went on in that, in, in, in that horrible period of time, goes through my mind in a nanosecond. Does it? Absolutely in a nanosecond. And then, my next, thought, then the, the, my next conscious thought basically is Chloe's laughter. Yeah. And how big her laugh was. And it was just so infectious. It infected everybody. Whenever she started laughing, everybody laughed. And she laughed a lot. And yeah. she found... She found humour in everything, you know. If you stubbed your toe and you broke it, she'd laugh her head off, you know. And if, she, if you found something, she'd laugh. It was just, it was just. She just, she had the best spirit. Mm. So then I just think of that, and then my my day starts off right. Yeah. You know?
1: Well, she reminds us she still has the best spirit, <laughs> and yeah, she, she does, and she's still laughing. <laughs>
0: yes, yeah, she is.
1: Ah, look, when you talk to people on the other side, they find this whole drama we call our physical lives very amusing. It's akin to people sitting down watching drama on the television and eating popcorn and really enjoying the show. Yeah, wouldn't doubt it. (laughs) (laughs) All the drama that goes with it, the bombs and the trauma Mm. and the sickness and the death and... You know, when you die, you realise that you don't die. I think I was telling you in the break that uh, my mum died when I was 15 and she came to me in dreams and told me so many times she didn't die, which I didn't understand what she was saying. Mm -hmm. And I used to say to her in the dreams, if you didn't die, where the hell are you? (laughs) But I didn't understand when I came, when I woke up in the morning what she was trying to say. But I just had these reoccurring dreams constantly. I don't die. I didn't die. I didn't die. I didn't die. Do you dream about Chloe?
0: No, I don't. I wish I did. Um...
1: Do you remember any of your dreams?
0: There you go. I don't either.
1: Well, you see, that's the thing. You do dream about it. Yeah, you just don't Probably remember. don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I
0: didn't think of that.
1: Yeah. There, <laughs> there is a way to remember your dreams and that is to actually have an intention to remember. When you go to sleep at night, you make the statement that when you wake up in the morning, you'll remember. And just when you practice that and practice that, because what happens when we wake up in the morning is we wake up and we start thinking about what's next, how to get on with the day. And you, as you said, that runs through your mind every morning but maybe you can set the intention for something more pleasant to run through your mind. I actually try to remember my dreams every morning. Sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. I'll give that a shot. You give it a shot. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'll give anything a shot.
1: (laughs) Because, you know, when we can't hear our loved ones from this side, they do contact us uh, in our dreams all the time. I remember a girlfriend lost her brother who died suddenly of a heart attack in his 30s and in her grief she couldn't, she couldn't see him, she couldn't feel him, she couldn't hear him, she didn't know if there was life after death or any of that. And then when she, after a few months when she started, the pain started to lift And she started to feel more normal again. She said she had this radiant dream about him and he was smiling and happy... ...and saying please don't be sad anymore, please don't be sad. And she said that after that her sadness really disappeared. And like you, the memories, he was a big, huge spirit. He was like just belly laughing the whole time. Mm -hmm. So Mm. that's what she thinks about now when she thinks of him. Not the fact that he died but the fact that he laughed. Yeah,
0: That's pretty cool. I wish that would happen when I scratch myself, because when I scratch myself, grief always appears. It never, never leaves us. It just changes shape. And when it changes shape and pops out somewhere at some time, it's always some inappropriate time. Out out of nothing, I'll get an awful thought of, awful thought of of barley, of that night, and I'll just just be so sudden. But fortunately, I can can turn that away with Chloe riding a wave, basically.
1: Yeah. That's interesting that you say that, so... Because that's, that's the, you know, that's the way we live our lives. I mean, negative thoughts are going to hit us. But at the time that they hit us, whether it's a, a grief or or stress or anger, we have in the moment to choose how long we want to indulge yeah, in you've that. you've got a choice. How am I, How long am I going to stay here? Maybe, maybe I'll wallow in this for a while. Maybe a day, maybe a week. But, you know, or maybe a minute, maybe a nanosecond. And then I'll find a better feeling thought. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, for that's, sure. Uh,
0: it's quite easy to go the other way. Quite easy. It is easy. I've done that over the years. You know, yeah. I've done all the all the bit. Ba- you know, all, the, all that sort of stuff. Sorrow and longing and grief—they're uh, they're all intertwined, and they can pop out. As I say, they can pop out any time. It's uh, up to your decision to do with it. Make you know, make, make a what you want to do with it. Yeah. You know, wallowing's not good. Yeah. Wallowing's not good. No.
1: And you've got so many things to be happy about. You've got a couple of gorgeous grandchildren now. Oh,
0: I I took I took my grand grand granddaughter surfing yesterday this afternoon. It was
1: fabulous. How old is she?
0: Lulu's 7. She surfs she, I push her on waves and she, she surfed it all the way to the beach again. She's really really good at it. And 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 is 3. I lay her on a, on a on a softboard and push her on little tiny waves and she the biggest screams of laughter, you know, they're certainly worth remembering. Those sorts of things.
1: Yeah, for sure. And we, and we
0: do that as much as possible because that's what I did with with Chloe and and Jared, and uh, now I'm doing it with my grandchildren. And it's just it's just wonderful, yeah. wonderful to give that sort of, you know, give them that sort of pleasure.
1: Yeah, there's so many things mm. to to be grateful for, yeah, really, isn't there? For sure. Yeah, I remember seeing oh, on some television show it was probably Oprah a million years ago. There was a woman that was wallowing in grief of her daughter that was murdered. And then some psychiatrist said to her, but you know what, that that moment, that instant that she was murdered was one moment in her whole life and there is so much more that you could think about yeah. that was the rest of her life. Guaranteed. 23 years of good memories. Of joy. As you said. Yeah. yeah. And this woman who had been, she'd been mourning for 20 years... She just like her face completely changed and she went, I never thought about it like that. And it just completely shifted her yeah. whole world. So that's what you're doing. You should be out there teaching it to people because we all need to be reminded that yeah, we do it, have if, a choice.
0: If, if you don't shift, it's uh it's gonna be a very long and very awful life. It's you know? gonna be long really and sad. long and awful. That's <laughs> that's not good. You know, this is this is not a dress rehearsal too. This is the main game. Get it right, you know.
1: Yeah, that's right. This is not a dress rehearsal. This is the main game. Oh, David, it's been such a joy and a blessing having you here today to talk to you about your experience. Thanks so much for coming in. My
0: pleasure, darling. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, and keep spreading the love.
0: indeedy duty. <laughs>
1: Thanks for joining me, Accentuating the Positive. If you'd like to support more positive media and uplift our world, go to karenswain.com slash support ATP radio and become a subscriber. You get to be eligible for many of the giveaways I give away on the show. Guests give me books, CDs, music, sessions, readings, you name it. It's a great thing to do. You get to support the show and... You get to be eligible to receive many of the gifts that we give away on ATP. Join us also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest and Tumblr. Thanks again. Bye for now.